You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a special guest here with me today who is somebody that you have heard from before, but we are tackling a different topic today. So I am going to go ahead and let him reintroduce himself and remind you of where you can find him online. What's up, guys? Uh, it's Justin. I'm back. Um, Space Viking 0220 on Instagram. And if you are in the Discord server, it is Pagan Padre. So it's so great to be back. It is so great to have you back. And yeah, now you are a moderator over on Discord and you set up the Norse paganism sub little section in there, um, sub board and are super helpful in there. So that is the topic that we are covering today is going to be all, I don't want to say all about Norse paganism because it's just, it's way too much to talk about. I think Norse paganism could be a podcast all its own, like an entire series. So we are just going to get into the basics. I know a lot of people have questions about Norse paganism and you always cover that on the discord server. You answer like everything. So, um, if there's something that we don't cover in this episode, feel free to join the discord server. If you haven't already, it's totally free. And Justin's always on there answering lots of questions. (laughs) So if we don't cover it, let us know. Yeah, I definitely try super hard to keep up with all the <laughs> tags and stuff because I work full-time job and have three kids now. The last time I was on here, I only had one. Uh, it's right. You were having twins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so your life is incredibly busy now, but yeah, you are still always on there answering all kinds of questions. You are very helpful. <laughs> Thank you. I try. So let's get started then just talking about what is Norse paganism? I think everybody has a general idea, but what is it to you and how did it find you in its life? How in your life, how long have you been a Norse pagan? So Norse paganism to me is following the ways of the Norse gods, uh, Odin, Thor, Loki, Freya, Freya, Balder. Um, and I founded and became an active Norse pagan probably, well, four years ago, right after me and my wife met. That's uh, when I left the church after some really bad instances. And I found Loki, uh, of all people. And I just kind of started diving into it. I went to YouTube and typed in Norse pagan videos. And that's where I found Jacob at the Wisdom of Odin on YouTube. Um, and he has a podcast called The Folk Podcast. And, you know, I've met most of the guest stars or the, I'm sorry, the, the fellowship leaders because they, we have just recently started Fellowship of the Northern Traditions, which is a nonprofit. So I'm really excited to be a part of that. Uh, they host gatherings all across America. And this year we had our first international gathering going on so I was really cool uh, I haven't been able to make it to any of them just because of being super busy I definitely try to support them with everything I can um oh, wow that sounds like a fun resource to yeah start in. yeah they have a discord server but you have to be a member of the patron of their patreon which I don't think it's that expensive and they have that's what I'll say they we have probably 
close to five or 600 mem active members in that server alone. And so my phone is always blowing up <laughs> from Discord. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a huge group. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of us. Um, <laughs> and they, all of the fellowship leaders try really hard to be active. Uh, actually, they're popping off Discord right now talking about the Midsummer Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And I would say, I mean, it appears to me just based on, you know, who I follow online and sort of the questions that I get that Norse paganism has grown in popularity in the last couple of years. Have you found that to be the case as well? Oh, most definitely. I, I've, I found it really because of the TV show Vikings and that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's been a big topic all over everywhere. It's just that like, you know, in the first season, I think the first four episodes, they go to Uppsala, which is where they have the Temple of the Gods, and they make sacrifices, and that it, it was really like where I got my interest in it. I, I think a lot of people, yeah, Viking, and just, I think all kinds of media in general, there's been a lot of movies and TV shows that either have been about the Vikings, or they've depicted the Norse mythology or gods and goddesses in a certain way and I think that's just exploded in the last couple of years oh yeah definitely uh paganism in a whole has just exploded yeah that too <laughs> yeah it has been insane and I am absolutely loving it I'm loving how many people are coming to it I love the fact that people send me messages on Instagram and in discord and just ask questions and if I don't have an answer right away, like I will do the research and get you the best possible answer. Which is, you know, one of the questions that I get a lot is, do you have any resources? Usually I say books of that you always recommend people to go to if they are brand new to Norse paganism, what is it that they should start studying? Jackson Crawford is probably the absolute best person for Norse paganism. He is like a master theologist in Norse paganism. So he has a YouTube channel. He had, he translated uh, the Poetic Edda, which I highly, highly recommend reading for anybody who is deciding to become a Norse pagan. The Poetic Edda and the Prose Edda and the Havamal. Those are three great books. And those cover a lot of Norse teachings or mythology? Uh, teach The Havamal is the teachings. And the poetic and prose that are, are like the mythologies and the stories. And it's where you learn about the different gods and the nine realms. So is there a lot to, to study uh, when it comes to Norse paganism? I feel like it's one of the more complicated traditions. Like I, every time that I start looking into it, I feel like there are more and more things to learn about. <laughs> there is. And that's part of the reason why I love it. It, it is definitely a religion of studying. Um, there's so much, like, like I said, I've been on this path for right at four years now, and I couldn't even tell you who all the gods are. I luckily pulled up a list beforehand of, <laughs> of gods and their correspondences, like, and made a list for like all of the bit, all the main gods that I hear people work talking about working with. Yeah. I feel like, well, I got a book on uh, like Norse mythology and the deities. Um, I'll definitely link that listeners over at witchwednesdays.com. So you can check that out if you're interested. And I was just reading that and I was like, I get why this is called an encyclopedia because it's so long and there's no 
I will never memorize this. <laughs> like I'm never going to know all this information. And it really is just a fraction because I know from reading other Norse paganism books that that book that I was looking at didn't even cover like a lot of it. So I know it's it's a really long, deep tradition. And I think that's because surprisingly, a lot of the historical information has held up over time. For the most part, yeah. Um, we lost a lot of information. Like we don't know all the traditions that they actually celebrated. So a lot of the stuff we know now comes from like Germanic pagans and Celtic pagans. A lot of it is, you know, for me and most of the people in the Wisdom of Odin Discord community, like it's all about honoring the land, honoring your ancestors. And speaking of honoring ancestors, because I think this comes up with Norse paganism in particular, because unfortunately, a lot of racist groups have adopted Norse pagan symbols as hate speech, which it's crazy because they're, they're runes and they're, they're other Norse pagan symbolism. So in this realm of Norse pagan, since it is not a closed religion, is who, who can practice? Do you have to have the ancestry? No, not at all. Anybody can practice. It's open. And I know that the gods are just thriving and loving it, that there are so many people coming to them. And I, I really hate so much that some of those groups used our symbols and we're in this stage of reclaiming it because I have the whole Elder Futh arc runes tattooed on my arms and I have people ask me like oh isn't that this simple I'm like no not at all but let me educate you and most people are like no 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 I don't no no yeah I think that's it it happens with a lot of pagan symbols um that have been taken over by alt-right groups and used as a symbol of racism but I think for some reason Norse paganism maybe because of its region and historically was very white and blonde maybe that's why um it's targeted so much but i think that's really unfortunate so it's nice to hear that actual practicing norse pagans don't feel that way and would rather not have their symbols corrupted like that and are welcoming to anybody who wants to join the practice and come worship the gods yeah definitely and you know the the funny thing is is there's a story and i cannot remember the name of this specific Viking, but like we know for a fact that he was a black Viking. We, we know it for a fact because of the skeletal remains that were found. So it's, and the thing is though, is that the, the term Viking wasn't anything. It was a job. It was to go Viking, to go Viking, to go raid and pillage village, villages and do whatever in order for that particular land's well-being. And there was a, I didn't know that there was a black Viking. That is, there, are, there are multiple. The, the, the that's cool thing, so interesting. The Norse were some of the most well-versed at traveling the world. Uh, if you look at the story of Buren Ironside, he went all the way to India and through Africa. So there's no doubt in my mind that they didn't bring people back. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense considering how far they went and what prolific sailors they were uh so yeah i guess that makes sense i never really like thought about it. i guess because i never heard that or knew that story but i'm definitely gonna look that up and and find all the information for listeners who want to read that too because i'm really interested now i think that's really great yeah and the cool thing is is that like we know or we're learning more that 
it was actually the Vikings who came to America first before Christopher Columbus. So it's like when people are like, oh, well, he came here first. No, he didn't. That one I knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Christopher Columbus is like way down on the list of people who came to America, who claim to have come to America first. And I'm not even talking about the natives who actually lived here. But I mean, of all the explorers, he is like so far down the list. He doesn't even, yeah. I don't know why we do this. I, I have no clue either. I don't even know why we have a holiday for him. Yeah, I don't know why we're still teaching that. It's like so incorrect. It's just uh, American school system. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> So circling back to your tattoo, what, what are the runes? What are they? <laughs> um, the runes are, from my understanding, they are a means of divination. They are spells in a sense, but also we don't really know. We have no evidential proof that the runes were actually used for anything. No. Other than, yeah, other, other than as an alphabet. And Jackson Crawford does an excellent job of covering that in one of, in one of his YouTube videos. Yeah, like we, we found them all over artifacts that we find and we can guess at what they mean. But other than that, we, we really don't know. We don't know what they were really used for. We know that they were put on amulets and pendants and, and weapons. But other than that, that's all we know. So what do modern Norse pagans use them for? Most of us use them for divination reasons or as spells. Uh, we have one person in our Discord who has went on a full tangent, like for a two-day long, um, talking about how different runes are used for different spells. And it was so much information. And it was really helpful for me. Because I didn't think of them that way. I thought of them as just a divination tool, not for magical purposes. Yeah, I always thought they were just divination too. Yeah, so you the different runes are, are so different, uh, mean different things. So uh, you have like Othala, which most people use for protecting the home. Fehu is used for like money spells. Tiwaz is used for strength a lot because of the god, it associates with the god Tyr. How do you get runes? Like I, I've, I've seen sets online. I do not have my own set of runes. Again, I feel like I need to do more study into Norse paganism before I would adopt anything like runes. I don't like to just, you know, pick up a set and start at it. Like I, I need more background information. So do you, do, have you bought them? Do you make them? What, what do you do? I made my first set. I'm actually my only set. I, I made my first set. So traditionally it is said that you want to use a natural material such as wood, stone, or bone to make your sets because of the fact that, you know, Norse paganism is, is very much a nature-based religion. And then you carve the symbols onto them yourself. Yeah, actually mine are some little stones and I just painted them because I didn't have the means of carving them. I just painted them. Oh, the yeah, that makes, that makes sense too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, you can use just about anything. I do recommend that if you get one off of Etsy or somewhere that are the pretty ones, which I've seen them and some of them are really pretty, I would heavily cleanse them before using them. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I have mentioned on this podcast before that I always fall into the pretty trap that I just, it's the aesthetic and they look so nice. And especially the ones that are made from 
gemstones. Like I love crystals and they will just always suck me in. But yes, you, you have to know how much energy that comes into contact with from like the creation process to the shipping process and finally getting to you like, oh, that has to be cleansed so well. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Like mine, I bought the materials and then I cleansed them and then I left them out under the full moon. Very good idea. Yeah. So (laughs) um, now I've been asked quite a few times, like, well, I want to get started, but I don't know how to. And so what I would recommend is getting a set or making your set and taking one rune and spending at least a week with it. That one rune, carry it around your pocket. Uh, my wife crocheted me a little bag, a little sa- a little sa- sachet that I wore around my neck and I brought it wore it to work every single day, a different rune every day. And it's, it's a way of bonding with them. And there are resources. And then the person who helped me learn, they were like, well, you need a way of activating the runes because they're not like tarot or oracle. Because in our stories and our mythos, Odin spent nine days and nine nights hanging from the world tree. And he gave his eye to obtain the knowledge of the runes. So by putting in the work to you know, make them yourself and carry them around and learn each one individually is sort of making a similar sacrifice. Yes. To try to bond with them. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And because, you know, I was carrying mine to work with me. If I, as a mechanic, if I cut myself, what I would do is I just pull my rune out and I would just dab a little blood on it. That was my way of saying like, this is my sacrifice. Like I know I didn't intentionally cut myself, but this is my essence going into this. Oh yeah. So, so like I had a friend pick up my runes and he cast them and nothing. They were all, they were all upside down. He didn't, he could not get them to flip up right up, right side up. And I did a couple of casts and I got perfect readings. Cause they just didn't want to work for him. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so how do you cast them? Um, there's a lot of different methods. You can just reach your hand in the bag and grab three or four out and lay them down. Um, you can take the, take a handful and throw them on a cloth kind of like bone casting and whichever ones land up upright are the ones that are real or are your answers oh okay yeah and there's also the what we call a merc stave so you're you have your regular your upright meaning and then you have your reverse meaning oh so similar to a tarot card yeah very similar okay so it's sort of it's like a cross cross between a tarot card and tea leaf reading (laughs) It depends yeah. on kind of like where it falls. Right. Oh, okay. All right. Learning something new every day. <laughs> yeah. And then you, there's the elder food art, the younger food art. I think there's, I couldn't even tell you how many different types of runes there are, but most Norse pagans use the elder food art. And that's 20, 20 something characters. 24, I believe. 24. Okay. So, that, I mean, that's a good bit to remember and learn and. You're going to spend some weeks there. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> know you're rude. I still look up the meanings. Yeah, which is fair. I've been doing tarot for years and I still consult the book all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, circling back to deities, because you mentioned Loki, but what, what do you do? Obviously, every Norse pagan is going to be different, but what do you do to work with the gods, to worship the gods? I know those two phrases mean different things yeah so you know i honor majority of the gods that i know about and i've called out to i honor them 
in different ways. Um, like on this, like we just had a Sigler bolt, Sigler bolt bloat, uh, which is like the summer equinox. So for that, I just gave a general offering to the gods of some alcohol. Super simple. As far as working with, Loki's always around. He comes to me whenever I need inspiration. If I'm feeling hard on myself, he's like, hey, it's cool. I've been there. Um, and for that, what I do is, it's like when I go work out in the gym, my first thing is like, okay, Loki, if, if you need extra energy today, take it from my workouts. It, it's a give and take relationship. I'll get caught, like when I get coffee in the morning from Starbucks, for him specifically, I'll get a matcha tea and add in espresso and cinnamon. Oh, that's nice. Yes. And I just, so I drink it with him because I'll pour a little bit out for him. So it's interesting that Loki was the one that you started with and have that working relationship with. So a good question that I want to ask you is that comes up a lot with Loki among others in other pantheons. So people always ask, are the gods dangerous? Is Loki dangerous because he's, you know, tricky <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to work with any gods that are dangerous, which I think I have like already talked about this in the podcast, how I feel about those terms, but please tell me your interpretation of what you would tell somebody who's like afraid to work with any one of the deities, but mainly Loki. So Loki is not a trickster God. I despise that. <laughs> he, he's not, he is the God of chaos. That, that is his whole embodiment. It's just chaos because without it you can't have order it, it's like the sun and the moon Od, odin is your law and order loki's a middle finger to your face he's like nah this is what we're doing <laughs> so it, it's one of those misconceptions that i believe for a long time i really did not want to work with loki i tried to work with tear um which was recommended to me because uh i was in the army for a little bit and they're oh yeah he's a great god for veterans or so people who are in the military highly recommend tier for that or thor but loki just kind of came and how i really found out it was him was got burned pretty bad on my forearm one day and it was right after i made my runes i was like man this is so weird and i was i put a clear coat over my runes to make sure the paint would stay and kenaz which is loki's rune it's the rune for fire it would not seal like i would seal it and the paint would wipe away and wipe away so i literally reached out to loki when they're like are you doing this because <laughs> <laughs> if so you know we, we need to have a heart to heart like what's going on and you know with all the chaos that's happened in my life growing up he was like yeah i've been here the whole time so you have not so for anyone saying that they're dangerous or tricky, you wouldn't say that at all about Loki. You wouldn't say it. Not at all. So, so misconception of the Marvel movies. Uh, Loki, <laughs> Loki yeah. has a daughter named Hel, who is the goddess of Helheim. Um, a lot of people are afraid to work with her because she's the goddess of death. Um, personally, I love Hel. She has helped me out a lot with losing some of my friends. Uh, who were in the army so she has been amazing uh, i don't know why more people don't work with her he has friend rear which i see people saying that they work with him 
and that is just a whole different thing that people in the Norse community who have been practicing a long time with these do not recommend him or Jormungandr. And it's because of the fact that what what can you offer a, a deity like those two whose job is in Ragnarok to basically end everything? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So right what Ragnarok is, it's it's the death of the gods. And uh it's really well uh described in the pro- poetic and prose uh, for those of you who want to read more on the story or you really could just google what it is but loki has loki's one of loki's sons is Fenrir, and he, also odin has a eight-legged horse called sleipnir that is also loki's child so for those who are in the lgbt community who are on, on like the trans side I, I feel like Loki would be a great deity for you because he is very gender fluid because of the fact he turned into a horse and gave birth to a, like a horse baby. I don't, I mean, I knew Sleipnir and I've talked about that in relation to Yule on the podcast before, but I don't think I ever knew until this very moment that it was Loki's time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened was the I gods... really did not follow Norse mythology at all. I'm terrible <laughs> at this. <laughs> so Odin wanted to build a wall around Asgard. And so he constructed, he, he had this giant who was said to be the best builder in the world. Him and his horse, who could talk, had made a deal with Odin that if they could get it done in a certain time, he wanted to marry one of the goddesses. I believe it was Sylph, who was like a goddess of beauty. And they made their agreement so odin was like loki he's almost done well ahead of time you gotta stop him you you gotta figure some way out so loki was like i got this and turned himself into a mare and went and was flirting with the giant's horse and was gone for a number of days and then came back and the wall was never finished so odin didn't have to pay for the wall to be built And then some time later, Loki came in with a gift to Odin, which was Sleipnir, his eight-legged horse. I never knew that. Yes. Oh my gosh. To read the full story, it's it's so funny. And, you know, Loki's just a funny deity to work with. Yeah, so really not something to be feared. Not Not a dangerous... No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, like today I was telling, actually I was telling Becca earlier that he was with me at the gym and he kept making me trip. I, when I was doing jump ropes, I never trip. And today of all days, <clears throat> I could not jump rope to save my life. Could not. And he just was like, Hey, I know that I know you have the podcast tonight. So I want you to know I'm here. I got you. And I'm like, thanks buddy. <laughs> it's like, thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate it. I wanted to make sure you talked about him. <laughs> most definitely <laughs> so do you have an altar set up or anything i used to and then we moved and was the room where my computer is and stuff is still a total train wreck and the, so i my imagine al- with three small kids that it would be hard to have anything sort of low to the ground that they yes could- <laughs> definitely <laughs> and put in their mouths yeah yeah it it was definitely tricky to figure out how to do it 
which we have a decent sized backyard now, and I'm gonna try and make a alt an outdoor altar area. Oh, that out would be there. Nice. So, are you going to raise your kids in a Norse pagan tradition? How are you introducing that to them? I want to raise them knowing that, like you know, this is the these are the holidays that we celebrate, and why we don't celebrate the Christian holidays, and that you know. Uh, I'm going to let him pick. I, I believe that if they, if any of the kids come to me and have a question, oh, dad, why are you doing that? I'll explain to them. I don't want to force something on them like Christianity was for me. I agree with that. And I think that comes up a lot with people who've had like a sort of rougher experience or a little traumatic, like leaving a religion that they just don't want to force anything either either direction on their kids so I, I mean I think that's really great for evolving yeah so one of the things that we had started doing was um he likes to point out the moon Jackson loves to point out the moon so I was like well the moon's name is Mani which and the Norse mythos you have the moon which is Mani and soul which is the sun so I was like well the moon's name is Mani and anytime I go outside he'll look up he'll go Mani where are you Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so whenever it's a dark moon, we, we tell him that Monty went, is going to bed for a little while. Oh, that's really sweet. So he already, he already has his favorite celestial. Oh, yeah, most definitely. He loves the moon. Oh, that's, that's very cute. <laughs> so we've already, we already talked about this, but for anybody who's new or anybody who's turning in, just because it is more paganism and they saw the headline wanted to listen to this one in particular and did not listen to your last one let's go over again what are some of the things that you do in your day that is spiritual witchy religious what are some of the things that whether it's norse paganism or not um what how does your daily life unfold i know it's a lot different now that you've got three kids instead of the one but what sort of things do you include in your day yeah it's a whole lot different um so (laughs) I started going to the gym a lot more uh, now that I recovered from surgery and whatnot last from last year. So I still, when I get up in the morning, I'll spend four or five minutes outside and just talk to the gods. Uh, I'm working through a book right now uh, called Keeping Her Keys, which is a book on Hakate. So I, I talked to her, I talked to Loki and because I'm going to the gym as soon as I get done, I, I'll, I'll talk to Thor and I'm like, and I'll be like, Thor, give me your strength while I'm here. Give me, you know, help me with your endurance. Um, and then whenever I leave the gym, I'll go and I'll do uh, my coffee, whether if it's at Starbucks or if I make it at work, I have a hazelnut creamer for Loki and I keep cinnamon with me and I'll put that in there. Um, I try and study the runes almost daily. I'll pick a random rune. I do a random number generator. It gives me a number. I'll find which rune corresponds with that number. And that's the rune I I, I think about or read about or and familiarize myself. And then go back to the gym, talk to Thor again. And that's that's really been it lately. Um, If I need something in particular i'll make a bind rune and i'll draw it on my arm or on my hand with a sharpie 
that's basically my days. I mean, that's more than I do in a day. So, <laughs> thumbs up. And I don't have, uh, I don't even have three kids. So, <laughs> thanks. I try. <laughs> so, some, some days aren't always like that, but most days I, I really try. No, that, I mean, that, that's good. It really is incorporating the basics into every day and continuing to study every single day. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah, definitely. It, the religion of study holds no blows when it comes to remembering things. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to get started in Norse paganism, what would you recommend that they start with just one thing? Is that mythology? Is that runes? Is that the pantheon? What do you start with? I started with watching videos and listening to podcasts. I believe his name. I will send it to you because I do not know how to say it. I'll link it so everyone can find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his name's Arth Farragher, I believe is how you say it. And he does a really great job on uh, the runes and different Norse stuff. Uh, also Freya Nordling. She is a she actually lives in Norway, so she posts videos all the time uh, about different Norse stuff, and I, I loved her videos. So she was awesome, awesome help. Well, I'm gonna link uh, both of those so people can people can find them because yeah, it is uh, a lot to a lot to learn and a lot to get into. Yeah, it's so much, and I think. With Norse paganism, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't really separate anything out because it's very interconnected. So like, like you were saying, the runes, the runes came from Odin. So it's hard to separate out just the runes and not learn about the gods. Like everything is so intertwined. Right. Yes, it's absolutely. Everything has a cycle when it comes to this. There's life, death, rebirth when it comes to this and it's one of those things that you, it, when it boils down to you, you kind of have to to really understand everything and to just keep studying <laughs> yeah yeah to keep studying it, it never ends <laughs> fair enough because yeah, i feel like maybe there's some other traditions and you know maybe sort of more eclectic witchcraft where you can kind of pick and choose uh, different things, but I feel like with Norse paganism, it's it's a packet. It, the whole thing is really a package that goes all together. Yeah, definitely. So with me branching out to Hecate, like it's because I'm trying to get more into the witchcraft part of it by honoring her and learning from her. Um, there are like Norse witchcraft. It's you have satyr, and which is Norse magic, and then you also have vulvas which are traditionally were women. And then there's also like the shamanic aspect of, of it. Yeah, see, the more I learn about Norse paganism, the more I realize I don't know and have to learn even more. Oh, definitely. I, I learn all the time. It's, I'll hear something and I'm like, I didn't know that. And then I go down a rabbit hole. So you're picking up then from other pantheons then. You're going into Greek now and- and trying to branch out 
Yeah, I, I don't believe that I need to be held to just the Norse gods. There, there's a whole wide world out there, and I know that they went out and they learned about different cultures and different religions, and I'm sure that's how we got so, all the gods that we did and all the correspondences. And if you look at the two pantheons, somewhere there's going to be the exact same deity, just with a different name. Right. So uh, I would really love to start learning like the Japanese deities just because I'm infatuated with Japanese culture. Oh yeah. That would be an interesting one to go down. Yeah. It's I've looked into it a little bit, but it's very hard because a lot of it's not in English and you have to translate it. Oh yeah. That would be tough. Yeah. Well, before I, let you go and wrap up. I like to always ask everybody now, you've already been on here before, but I did not ask you this last time <laughs> before we go. If, what is one piece of advice that you would offer to a complete beginner? So it doesn't have to be beginner in Norse paganism, just beginner in witchcraft, in spirituality, in general, in changing things, just beginner to this whole realm. What is your one piece of advice that you would give them? This is an acronym and it is called KISS. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I should have known you'd go with that. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, I feel like people make it so much more complicated than what it needs to be. This religion could literally just be you go outside, sit with a land tear, and be content. Or you could go down the deity path and then you could go down Seder or the runes. It, you can make this as complicated or as simple as you want. Um, one of the things that in the wisdom of Odin community we're trying to do is saving Medgard, which is in, in the world tree where we live. And that's picking up trash at a local park or cleaning up somewhere and just helping the land revive. Which is always important. So thumbs up for that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's such a great path. I when I switched to being a Norse pagan, my mental health went up. It skyrocketed. I uh, because there's no rules. There, there's no book that says you have to do this, 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 and this. There's no rules that say your your altar has to be set up this exact way. Whereas I know with like Wicca, you know, they want you to, the altars are supposed to be set up a different way. You have a chalice and a thame and all the different tools. Right. It, it's such a simple, but yet complicated religion. And it's amazing because you can just be free and be yourself. That does sound great. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I love it. My, you can ask my wife. She'll, she'll tell you that once I started this and I just let go of everything else, I became happier. Um, health, I became healthier. That's great. And what more can you ask for? Yeah, exactly. It's it's phenomenal, especially because like I will be in a slump, and you know Thor will come up and it's like, hey, I know you're having a rough time with your kids. It's okay because Thor was known for the god of the common people. That's that's what he did. Most common people went to him. Um, he was awesome. A lot of women use the Mjolnir for fertility, just something that I've heard a lot. Oh, uh, why do you have a Mjolnir tattoo? Don't you know that's for women? And I'm, no. There's also a lot of 
talking here saying where you're not supposed to get the runes tattooed on you because we don't know what they are. So why would you put magical symbols on yourself that you don't really know what they are? But I, I have a really great understanding of each one of them. Yeah, and I mean, tattoos are, <laughs> all tattoos are like that, right? I mean, they're all symbols of some sort. Yeah. It's, your own it's, <laughs> it's really funny because I got the Vigdrasir, which is, if you go to Google and you type in the, the Norse compass, I had that tattooed way before I was a Norse pagan. And I just liked it. It was in the Viking TV show. It was really cool looking into it from what I had found at the time. It was a protection symbol, but now we know that it's actually an Icelandic stave, <clears throat> rune stave, and its whole purpose was for people to, <clears throat> for sailors to not lose their way. Oh. Yeah, so very big misconception there, like, oh, well, it's it, it's a Viking thing because it was in the Viking TV show. No, they just used it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, because it's cool. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it, it, it looks cool with my other tattoos now. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't all look matches now. Yeah, but yeah. So so if you're going to start, just keep it simple. Uh, read the Poetic Edda, the Prose Edda, the Havamal, if you're feeling frisky. <laughs> because I can only read a couple verses at a time. And then I'm like, yeah, this is boring. And I, <laughs> I'll put it aside. Fair enough. At least you're honest. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a very boring book. <laughs> <laughs> Both, but all three of them—the prose and the poetic edda—just they're boring. <laughs> but it has really good information. It has great stories. It has like the story of how we got the tides and the mountains. It has the story of Ragnarok. It has the death and resurrection of Balder. Which I know you in one of your other episodes you had mentioned mistletoe being related to Balder. Funny thing is, is so Balder's mother asked all the plants to to not harm him, except for one, and it was mistletoe. So Loki, being Loki, was trying to figure out a way to kill him, and turns out he attached mistletoe to Odin's spear and had him throw it at Balder because nothing could kill Balder well Balder died with the mistletoe with the mistletoe so when you when, when you said that in the episode I was like wow I had no idea yeah and it, it's it's really funny because that's one of his associations is mistletoe and it's like yeah but I don't think I want to be associated with what I with what I was killed with <laughs> but that did, but that's you know why he is <laughs> makes sense yeah so that's crazy yeah there's so many stories and a lot of them are really funny. My favorite, hands down, favorite story is probably Untgard and Loki. That's in the prose edda. And it's just another story of how Loki was screwing with Thor. Which he does all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, Loki screws with everybody. <laughs> there, there's a part where he comes in and he's like, hey, you suck. You're ugly. Um you're okay, I guess. My son ate your hand. And it just goes on and on. Yeah, I really need to read some of these. They sound like fun. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. It um <laughs> they're great. I I really am so glad I found this podcast and this path. Well, thank you so much for 
being here and sharing more of your story or being here for the second time, sharing even more on Norse paganism. Yeah, of course. Uh, like I said, I love being here. Um, I love helping. Uh, so if anyone has any questions, please do not feel free. Do not hesitate to message me. I'm always available for the most part. And if I don't get to it right away, I will get back to you. I'm so busy, <laughs> but I still try and find time to answer. So once again, it's Pagan Padre on Discord and it's Space Viking 0220 on Instagram and on, and on TikTok, it's uh, Pagan Padre. And I will have all of those things linked over at witchwednesdays.com just to make it easier for you to find. So you can reach out if you have any further questions. But thank you again for being here. And uh, that is everything that I have for this week. I will see you all next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.